All right, let's try this rhyme thing out. <clears throat> Marson Kaysen, to the belt he's racing, to the afterlife he's chasing. He's going to be the greatest, the Muslim boxer, the man who walks with faith, the man with all the grace. When he gets them laced, he controls the pace. His eyes set on his fate to meet Allah the Great. Amin. <laughs> Fun. Stick around for the Ansari podcast. Marson Kaysen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. You are a half of the Quran, a boxer, and you're still ranked number five in the country, right? Or are you, you higher up now after that Jake Paul fight? Nope. Number six. Somebody took my ranking down a little bit, I think because I haven't fought in like three months, but uh, I'm going to go get that back very soon, inshallah. Let's go, inshallah. So I'm interested, man. You got you got a very interesting journey. I did my I did my research on you. Your father converted to Islam through the Nation of Islam, and then later on converted to Orthodox Islam, uh, which allowed you to grow up in Islam and mm. become a person that has memorized the Quran. But I, I'm I'm curious, man. What what was your journey with Islam growing up? How how was your relationship with God, and how did it evolve? My relationship with Islam was culture. It was something that was just culture for us, you know. It was something that was so normal. My father was an imam, so it felt like my eye. It, everybody was always staring at me because it was I could do nothing wrong because everybody already knew who I was, and because my father was the imam, it was very hard to actually be a kid, make mistakes, learn from it. And so what happened was, I guess over time, I started to kind of resent more so the people than the religion. And, you know, I, I never went to public school. I always went to private schools, all Muslim schools. Went right after that, I went to college. I didn't graduate, but my life was circled around, was circled around Islam. You know, with my dad being my dad, you know, my life was always revolving around something Islamic. So, alhamdulillah, you know, I had a really, a really good childhood. So, I guess I'm just coming back to being that child again. Yeah. Achieving your goals in life or a great man is really a child who never gave up on their dreams. Why Why is it that you resented Islam because your father's an imam? It's like you can do no wrong. Like this, your father's this prominent guy in the community and everybody looks up to him. And because you know how to read Quran and all this other stuff, they're looking at you. And so... Yeah, I kind of resented it because, like I said, I could do nothing wrong. And if I did do something wrong, it wasn't just like a small mistake. It was like, oh, are you going to hell? It, it resonated with me. Like, man, like, like, why is Islam so harsh? I'm was it that. different with your father? Did, did your father also have that attitude towards you? Or are you saying just the community? No, my father, there were a lot of, a select few of people who understood who I was and kind of like kind of cultured uh, a relationship with me to the point where no matter what I was doing, they always was able to talk to me. But as far as like my dad and I didn't think my father and, and a lot of the people from the community understood me for a while. And so anything I did bad and all of that stuff, it was, it was hard. Especially the elders. Not anybody my age or anything, but the elders. And what did that resentment cause you to do? As far as the respect of not, of staying on the right path, no. Nah. That was because I was very curious. So because everything was so hard on, I really didn't understand what was going on. So when I got to college, it was like an eye opener. Like nobody's watching you anymore. I'm basically an adult. 
nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to, I shouldn't feel bad about, or nobody's seeing me. So I'm not going to feel bad about doing something. And so I got into a lot of stuff, got into girls party and all this other stuff. And, you know, over time, I kind of just got tired of it. And if it wasn't for uh, the imam in Vegas, Imam Fatim, man, he's a, a really good guy. One time he asked me to leave and do a chutbah for the kids. And I was like, nah, I can't do it. And so he was like, he kept pushing me to do it. And I did it. And that's how, that's what like really brought me back. I feel like Allah never let me go. There's an appreciation. And my sister's the one who actually said it. She was like, Allah never let you go, huh? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, Allah never let you go. She was like, no matter how bad you went astray, something always was bringing you back. I was like, subhanAllah, that's crazy. But I mean, my favorite ayah is what Mecca Allah You know, he you plan Allah plans truly Allah's best of planners. And I take that as, you know, Allah put all of those obstacles in my life and the things that I did for me to really be me today. You know, I'm unapologetically Muslim. I don't even care to do anything wrong now because I already know what that life was like. And because I know what that life is like, it's not enticing to me at all. It's boring to me now because I've done it all. I'm not curious about it anymore because I've already done it. And so now I just know that it's bad. And I really dislike it. You know, now I'm at a point where I really like just, it's something that I really dislike. It's just like, ugh, like it's not my forte at all. I read the Quran. I love the Quran. I live by the Quran. I'm a man. I make mistakes. Do I, do I, do I pray every day? No. Do I go to the mosque every day? No. Will I die for Allah? Yes. Is Allah in my heart? Yes. Do I love women? Yes. Do I love um, material goods? Yes. But would I, do I love Allah with all my heart? Yes. You were a bouncer at a bar. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, And how did you end up deciding? What was your breaking point with that stuff as well? I was a boxer at like 17, 18. Like 17, I was, I was just a big guy. You know, I could move people. I was aggressive. You know, I could be aggressive. I was a personable person, you know, I can get along with anybody. And so as far as the bouncing, it was really just a job to me. Literally just a job. It wasn't the fact that it was in the club or anything. It was a good job. They tipped well. And I, and because I didn't have a degree, it was a lot easier to make as much money as possible. Crazy thing is, I didn't stop being a boxer because I was Muslim. I didn't stop being a, I didn't stop drinking because I was Muslim. I didn't stop partying because I was Muslim. I stopped partying, drinking, being a bouncer and all that. One, I stopped being a, a bouncer because I got fired. Not because I stopped on my own account. I got fired from a job for hitting somebody. And my and that I was broke. And so I had to go get a security job at, at like Catholic charities. Like I was broke and I was still doing my boxing. But as far as like drinking and partying, I didn't stop that because of Islam. I stopped that because of boxing. Really? And that's why I appreciate boxing so much because boxing is what led me back to Islam. Wow. Boxing gave me the discipline to give me to give me the discipline of saying, if I'm gonna get up five o'clock in the morning and go run, if I'm gonna get up the next day, even though I'm in pain, to go work out and still take a beating. And still do go work out and not quit boxing. What's the difference between boxing and and fedger? What's the difference between running and Aisha? What's the difference between studying my craft, watching all of these fights, and reading Quran? Hmm. Reading Mike Tyson's book, reading somebody else's book about boxing, and rather just reading Quran. So 
that's what brought me back. It wasn't anything like a revelation, like, oh, let me, you know what, let me stop, let me stop drinking and everything. I stopped drinking because it was a health risk because I was getting beat up. It was bad for health. Stop smoking because it was bad for health, because of my boxing. But that's what brought you back to Islam because it's like, well, if I can do this for boxing, why would I not do this for my Lord? I feel like Allah hit me with the, you're not going to be successful in this life until you come back to me. I was a boxer for seven years. I didn't become the Muslim boxer for two years until three years ago. So I was still on that path of trying to find myself, trying to get here, trying to get here, trying to really be Muslim. And it wasn't until, you know, I really come back to Allah and I have my full faith in Allah. That's where it's like, yeah, okay, give you success now. Mm. Because I'm a strong believer in God and humanity. That's why I'm helping these boys. That's why God blesses me to be so great here. Because all the time I've been here, I've been talking about God, pushing God, pushing religion. I'm not talking about me, how great I am, how much money I got. I'm always giving the praise to God. So that's why I'm as great as I am in this physical world, because I push him first. Well, Muhammad, we're running out of time now. So that, this actually kind of leads me to my next question for you. Why, why even boxing? Why take such a big risk with your life? Why, why, not, even, why not be a regular nine-to-five guy? Why, why the Muslim boxer? Why not just be a boxer and hide like everyone else? Why represent Islam? Why do all the things that you're doing right now? What are you trying to achieve? I became the Muslim boxer because I decided to stop being afraid and embarrassed about being Muslim. For a long time, I was embarrassed about being Muslim. I was kind of like timid. Like my name was Mo for a long time. My name was like Moose for a long time. And because of that, people didn't really know. I was just like the same to everybody. Like, yeah, some people knew I was Muslim, but it wasn't no distinction between me and somebody who wasn't Muslim. It was just the fact that, okay, your name is this and maybe you might go pray sometimes. But I changed it to being the, the Muslim boxer because it got to the point where I'm, I stopped apologizing for being Muslim. I stopped apologizing for not wanting to drink. I stopped apologizing for saying that, no, nah, I'm not going to go party or I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, indulge in all this other stuff. And it's a reason why I don't do it. It's not because just because of health or anything like that or boxing. It's because I'm Muslim. And so that's what led me to being the Muslim boxer. I am the Muslim kid that I wanted to be when I was a kid. Wow. That, that's profound, man. Why do you insist on being called Muhammad Ali now? That's the name given to me by my leading teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's my original name. That's a black man named. What does it mean? Muhammad means worthy of all praises, and Ali means most high. Do you intend to fight under that name? Yes, sir. I want to be called by that name. I write autographs of that name. I want to be known all over the world as that name. <laughs> Flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> like three, sting like three. What's your dad's name? Muhammad Ali. Why do you Why do you think you were embarrassed of being Muslim? It wasn't the norm in being like it's not the norm to wear a thobe. It's cool now, but it wasn't the norm to wear a thobe when we were kids. Like in early two thousand, it wasn't the norm to wear a thobe. It wasn't the norm to wear a kufi. It wasn't the norm to have this weird name like Muhsin in America. It wasn't the norm in regular society to not drink at 18, not smoke, not do this, not do this. You were considered a cornball back. That's right. why That's why it was embarrassing. To randomly, like you have 9-11 and you got 
people still praying at, at right in front of the plane before they get on the plane. That was embarrassing because you're like, oh man, what are these people going to think that I'm praying right before I'm about to get on the plane? They already think all oh, Muslims are terrorists. That's embarrassing a little bit. Right. Yeah. And so you, you have so many things and it, and it wasn't just that, you know, it's just the culture like, all right, cool. Like, you know, you ain't want to be called a cornball or something like that because you don't drink or you never had sex before. You're a virgin or this, that, and that. Like, you ain't want to be called a cornball or this, that, and that. It was embarrassing a little bit. And so at the time, I guess I was a very impressionable person, a follower, because that's what I did. I followed people, you know, all right. I did my own thing, but I was embarrassed about being Muslim. Yeah. So let's say you become that world champion. Let's say you become that guy with millions of fans, therefore millions of dollars. What do you plan to do with that money, fame, and power? What do you want to do? I want to help and teach kids that you don't have to sell your soul to be famous. Get to the point where I can at least like change one kid's life. The one thing I want to be rich for is to help other people. I don't really care to be rich for myself. I really care to be rich because I like seeing happy faces. I like seeing people smile. I like seeing you know that young kid who can't get that toy and i i man i would be happy to get it for him i don't even it don't even have to be it don't even have to be i'll give it to somebody else to give it to him i don't have to see it i just want to see his face i want to see that smiling face i want to be able to say you know a masjid needs a roof let me give it to him i want to be able to say that this muslim kid needs some type of funding or this family is in need and I want to just be able to help them in so many ways. And so that's the reason why I want to be rich. I don't want to be rich for myself. Being rich for yourself, I believe, takes you to hell. Because you can't take anything with you. You can't take any of the money that you have in your account with you. What you can do is see what you do with the money. And that way your grave will be spacious. I need my grave to be spacious. I need, I, I want to get to the point where when the angels come to my grave, when the ram comes to my grave to ask me this question, he knows he's not going to get a wrong answer out of me. Absolutely. So what is that thing that if you accomplished, you feel like you can die happily and proud of yourself tomorrow? Could you imagine if some kid walks up to me in about 20 years and says, I'm an imam because of you? Or some kid says, I put down drinking and I learned how to pray because of you. That's something that would be like, man, like, yes. Sadaqah Jadia. Like you, you, like, or, or even Quran. Like imagine a kid that learned Quran because I had, I made Islam fun for him. And he said, I want to do the best that I can. And he learns Quran. And he taught a million people Quran. I get every blessing for that. Let me die. Let me go. Allah can call me then. Yes, I would love to do that. Yes. Those are the investments that I really want. What's one thing you wish people knew about you or understood about you that you don't think they do? The Muslim boxer is not trying to become famous to be famous. The Muslim boxer is trying to become famous because I know how much bad I've done. And I just want Allah to forgive me for all the mistakes that I've made. I don't really care about the followers. I don't care about anything else. I just care to make Islam look good enough and rectify my deeds so that way I can at least get let into Jannah without touching hellfire. The fame, the notoriety, the platform, I could care less about. And sure, you know, it could get deleted tomorrow. Who cares? I'm still going to be me. If you do get into Jannah, well, well yeah, yeah let, let me put it out. Hopefully, 
Who would you like to meet? Other than the Prophet, peace be upon because oh. that's an easy. Ooh, ooh, I got it. Prophet Noor. Really? Oh, tell me why. Someone just asked me, like, bro, what's it, what was it like leaving your family? Then Eunice. I would love to talk to Malcolm X. I would love to talk to him. I would love to sit with Muhammad Ali, like Prophet Adam. Yeah. would love to sit with him and and really talk to him about being the first person. I would love to know what the earth looked like before. I would love to know what it was like to be Muslim without this my Islam. My Islam is completely different from his in so many ways. And so I just want to know, like, what was your Islam like? You know, I want to talk to him. How did you feel? What were the struggles that you felt like you were going through? What was going through your head when you got here? Like, you, you've you never been a child. Probably Adam, I, I, I really... <laughs> You were you were born a man. You didn't go through childhood. You didn't go through. You didn't go through. He didn't go through growth spurts, puberty, nothing. He's just a man, straight out. Bam. Like what? What were you thinking? You have no. You have male reproductive systems. You didn't go through anything. You didn't. It didn't like start right there. It didn't. What was going through your mind? He started it in heaven. And then you start. <laughs> and then you start in heaven, like. Bro, like that is crazy. What was it like when you got dropped down? Did you actually get dropped down? Did you just teleport to get dropped down? Did you, did it, did you, you know, did you have to walk down? Did Prophet, did Angel Jabril like fly you down? Like what? What was going on through that time? Like what? You know what I'm saying? Then I want to ask Prophet Muhammad, of course, I want to just ask him like, when you had those dreams, like did you teleport? Did you, did you, did you, like when you were having those dreams where your body was burning up, what did you see? What was happening? The details you know? of their stories, the nitty gritty. I need to know. I need to know the nitty gritty of how they were feeling. Matter of fact, did they feel like they were about to have a heart attack when they saw Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? <laughs> I'm probably going to take about five thousand years to ask all these questions. <laughs> I'm going to sit with them. I'm I'm good. I'm just going to sit with them, chill out, and just relax for easy five thousand years. You know, ask them all these questions. Sit in the halakha, hug him for a while. I might, I might act like a baby and just sit in his, sit in his arms, lay in his arms for a little bit, and just be like, "Tell, tell me a story, bro. Tell me a story." Yeah, yeah Rasul, tell me a story. Tell me a story. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> we got, we got all the time in the world. I don't take your time, sir. Take your time. You know, they say, subhanAllah, they say that when you get into Jannah, they say there's going to be a man looking at a rose for three, five hundred years. Easy. Easy. Talk about time? Like, we schedule our time now. There's no time, no death, no nothing. They slaughter death. When After everything is done, they slaughter death. I'm going to sit in his arms, and I'm just going to just, hey, tell me your story, sir. And I might do that with every prophet. Now I want to know the prophets that was here before, you know, the prophets that are not and not mentioned. Yeah. Now I want to meet them. I need to hear the nitty gritty. I ain't. T- I don't want to hear nobody else's explanation of how what he was thinking. I want to hear what he said. Subhanallah, that would be incredible, man. The older I get, the more I actually. I'm so excited to die. Dying is that's cool. I do want to see you know Lulu, my daughter, grow up and have children, and hopefully. But as far as like dying, like if if that's the case, let me go. Let me see what's next. I love this life, but also I, I'm yearning for that afterlife because I I truly want to see, one, 
I just want to know if I'm going if if I'm going to be punished for my sins, because it's this it's, it's it weighs heavy on my soul. That weighs heavy, and so I, I want to get to that point where I just pray to the Lord. It's just like, hey, you did enough, brother. You did enough, Marcin. Mm. Yeah, luck, and I walk across that lot. When you're finally home. When I'm finally home. I want to sit with Abu Bakr and read the entire Quran 17 times over and over and over again. And then really talk about what the difference was and really learn the Quran and what it actually meant. And the stories behind, you know, when he says, like, what, what really happened when they said, why? Did that ayah come out like what was the incident that happened that brought that down? Yeah. And ask Allah, like, then, what you mean? Uh, hopefully, by that? if if like ask Allah exactly what you mean. What you mean? That's, <laughs> that's how you gotta be. You got what you mean? What you mean by that? What did you really mean? Because I, I got interpretations, but what did it really mean? And then I pray to Allah that I can, I'm good enough to sit with him and truly ask him, what was the point? Yes. Truly, what was the point? What is the point? Yeah, that's, yeah. What was the point? What made, what made you say, I'm going to create the earth, the universe, the seven, the, you know, the, the planets, the stars, and, and why this reality? Then like, I why did he it. choose? Why did he choose this form of reality? Because he could have chosen so many different other. Why realities. you? Why did you choose exactly? Mm, exactly. Why did you choose this dimension? Why did you give me eyes that I can't see the third world, where I can't see jinns and malaika and the and the seven stars? Like, also, I definitely got to know if we were the only people in, in the universe. Yeah. Or is this just like the same, like like the Men in Black Remember when they was like, "Yeah, this is another Milky Way. I'm from another universe. I'm from another galaxy, and all this stuff." I gotta see these people if they exist, but I just want to know. And this is nothing that I can ask while I'm living. Yeah, and nothing that I can ask if I don't be the best Muslim I can be in order to gain Jannah and be able to ask these questions. So that's why. I became the Muslim boxer. That's why I am unapologetically Muslim. And that's why, you know, this is who I am. That's that's beautiful, man. All for co- some questions. All for curiosity. Asking God, talking to God. <laughs> and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would reveal himself to the people of paradise and say, where are my servants who used to worship me even though they couldn't see me? This is the day of increase. Ask me anything you want. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals his face to them. And his light would cover them in such a way that they would forget every pain, every sadness that they ever encountered. And every person would be called forth to have a private conversation with Allah and no one is going to be left out. Oh Allah, I ask you for the pleasure of staring at your beautiful face and the joy of meeting you. Inshallah, you will meet the guys that you want to meet. Allah will bless you to meet the guys that you want to meet in Jannah. Uh, but in the meantime mm-hmm. on earth, you've met the likes of Mike Tyson, Israel Adesanya, Evander Holyfield, mm-hmm. and Roy Jones Jr. Did you get to have a conversation with any of these guys? And what were some of the biggest things you took away out of those conversations or life lessons? Or is it e- even just being in their presence? So being in their presence was cool, but I don't treat anybody. 
I treat the janitor the same way I treat. I actually have had better conversations with homeless people, with some of these people, because, yeah, I mean, I understand and everything. Mike Tyson, he's great. I got mad love for him because as much as he's gone through, he's still a wonderful person. Uh, Roy Jones is a great person. Israel Adesanya is a great person. He's a very, like, the same way I am, the curiosity that I have with wanting to see Jannah and wanting to talk to the Prophet and, and so many other prophets is the curiosity that I have with people. So I'm never embarrassed to just be like, hey, what's going on? Assalamualaikum. How are you? You know, I ask questions and I have no problem asking it. And so I have any uh, interesting answers you've gotten? The, or, the most or... interesting answer I got from Mike Tyson. It was always like, man, I don't even know who that guy is. I've been through so much. I don't know who that guy is. I think he said it before me, before I've said it now. He was like, man, I just like to help people. I just want to help people. And you you've went on to actually meet big influencers like KSI and J- Jake Paul. What, what are those guys like behind, when the cameras are turned off? Are they the same people? Especially Jake no. Paul. Jake Paul is one of the most humble kids I've ever met. Really? Uh, it's just... Yeah, he's as much money as he has. That kid is, he knows how to turn it on and turn it off. And when he's in his house around people that, you know, he feels safe around, he's a completely different person. He's just a normal kid that he got, he got to his fame. He works hard. He listens. I got a lot of love for that kid. So that, that kind of pompous arrogance that, that at least I personally and many others feel, that's just for show. That's just for the entertainment factor. For sure. For TV, for TV, for TV, that's it, it is for TV. Man, that man fed me every day by his personal chef. He could have, he paid me as well. He could have told me, no, y'all stay at y'all house and y'all eat whatever y'all need to eat. I was at his house damn near every day and I ate by his chef. I was at his table. I watched his TV, I played his pool, his pool table. And he, sometimes he was just in his room. Other times he would just come out. He always going on. Me and him have had conversations about, you know, relationships, all that stuff, what Muslims do, boxing, real down-to-earth guy. Not conceited at all. Incredible. I did not expect that response. He does a fantastic job doing it, and I appreciate the fact that he knows how to do it. Wow. What about about KSI? How about him? KSI is the same same type of person. I didn't get to spend that much time with him as far as personal, but I know he's a good kid. He's a great kid to be around. He's humble. Of course, he's confident. There's a big difference, though. He's he's very confident in himself. And so you, know, you got to appreciate that. But down to earth, dude, he's pretty cool. You got to put on the show for people. But a lot of those times, remember, they, they're they young kids, man. They, they don't really know. Like, when they meet people like us, it's kind of different because we don't treat them like celebrities. We treat them like regular people, which they are. And so... They appreciate stuff like that. And so they come out of their celebrity shell and just become the kid that they are. So, Well, what surprised you? Because you've sparred and trained with both KSI and Jake Paul. Uh, you've even spent time in Puerto Rico in 2021 building a relationship with Jake Paul. What surprised you the most about being around them and their character, their fighting ability? Jake, it was his ability to learn, his ability to... His work ethic is crazy. Like, he doesn't need this money, but he works harder than some pros. JJ, the same thing. His relentlessness, his determination to just be the best at anything. Yeah, they work hard. 
they're not slacking in there. They they work hard. I respect work ethic, and both of them have it. Anything that surprised you? KSI's power surprised me. I was actually just about to say that. You once said that KSI punches harder than Jake Paul. You still think that's true? Yeah, still think that's true. I think I, what's surprising about Jake is his boxing ability. He can box a lot better than Jake. I mean, than KSI. But KSI's power is it's tough. It's nice. Interesting. You just recently fought and beat Tariel Javarov? Yeah. I won't even try it. But you just recently fought and beat Tariel under the Jake Paul Tommy Fury ticket in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that was an impressive performance by you and, and something that really put you on the world map, especially in boxing. You even said this this fight is where people are going to know why I got picked for this card and I'm ready to show everybody what talent I have. What are kind of your post-game thoughts on that fight? Why'd he even, why'd he forfeit uh, the fight? That was so weird. Why'd he forfeit the fight in the first round? Honestly, I think he knew it was inevitable that I was going to really knock him out. I think he knew that it was only going to get worse because I was just getting warmed up. I just broke a sweat. Felt like he understood that, uh, you know, this is not a, a, it's not a chance you want to take. So, and what I meant by, uh, you know, you guys, it took me a while. I wouldn't have gotten this card if it wasn't for my social media. Mm. I wouldn't have gotten this card if it wasn't for my manager. I wouldn't have gotten this card if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, relentless hours of trying to make videos and stuff like that, that people know my name and that people want to see me. And so that all goes to a loss. Thank you. You know, we, we always have to pay attention to that. But yeah, when I said I'm here, I meant to say that without being arrogant, I want that belt. And I don't see anybody beating me when I when I'm when it's time to get there. Any post game thoughts about about that fight? I think I did very well. I think I stayed composed. For me, being on a big card like that, fighting in front of Mike Tyson, fighting in front of Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, I felt like I did. I was calm. I felt like that was home. Of course, I felt like I need to put some. Of my, I need to put my hands up a little more. Uh, I saw the mistakes that I made, even in the, even though it was only one round. It's just, I got to go back to the drawing board and I'm just, I, I can't wait to get in there again. Inshallah. And you left a big impression on the Muslim com community, by the way, with the Takbirat, when you were saying Takbir and the whole crowd was saying Allah Akbar. People love that, man. It's levels to this, man. First of all, I want to say Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. And I just want to say, since all the Muslims are here, Takbir! Hey, it took me a while to do that, but now, you know, being unapologetic, I hope I, I hope I can influence one kid to, I don't care what he does, if he's a McDonald's worker or he's the next Bill Gates, I hope that if he's Muslim, he is proud to be Muslim. So what's your thoughts I, on, on the, the, the main ticket then? What, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury? Can I tell you a quote real quick before you give me your answer? So you actually had Jake Paul winning by decision saying that Tommy doesn't really show up in fights. He pity pats. He doesn't really get the knockout. Not what he's supposed to do. He's an okay boxer, but I think the pressure is going to get to him in this fight. I definitely did. I think the I thought, I thought the pressure did get to him a little bit. I think Jake did a good job as far as him being on this level, you know, him having that little bit of experience. I still think Tommy Fury is trash. I still think he's not that good. I, still, I think he's like, you shouldn't be proud the fact that you beat a YouTuber. That's like me being proud that I beat if me and Jake Paul fight fought and I knocked him out 
and I'm over here crying because I'm knocked out a YouTuber. The man been boxing for, for two years, three years, tops. Why are you so proud of that? That's like me going up against a brother who is just starting to read Quran, and then I, I come in and like, let me go ahead and read Ali Imran or something like that. And for people who don't know, Ali Imran is, is a surah in the Quran. It's a chapter in the Quran. But that's like me showing off because this kid who just started memorizing, just trying to learn how to recite, doesn't know all the how to cats and doesn't know all the tajweed mistakes. And I'm I'm over here. <clears throat> I actually saw that you had that you had some words between you and Tommy Fury. What what was that about? I just don't like him. I don't know. I just don't <laughs> like him. It's something about him that I don't like. I think he's one of them kids that don't they I mean, he had a silver spoon. Like, he's been fed by a silver spoon. His brother is a heavyweight champion. He's only... If Tommy Ferry didn't have that last name, he wouldn't be anywhere. He's ranked, like, number 600. He's ranked number 600? In the world? I think he's ranked... No, I'm sorry, like, number 400 in the world. What? How did... Oh, because of his brother. Yeah, he's not that good. He's not that good. His brother, though, is a world champion. But he only got that fight because of who his brother is. Wow. So do you do you think Jake Paul's a real boxer? I think Jake Paul is a determined boxer. I would I give him that status. He fought a real boxer. Nobody can say anything. He went to distance with a real boxer. He's just starting to learn. Could I have done that at his at his at his stage? No. So I'm gonna tell him he's a good boxer. Mm. I would have lost to Tommy from pressure alone. Wow. At Jake's at Jake's stage, I probably would have lost. Oh, at Jake's stage, okay. At Jake's stage, where he is. Fighting a person like Tommy Ferry at hit where he is in front of all of those people, I would have lost. You think Tommy won though, right? Because he some people. I don't... thought Tommy won. I thought... Okay. No, nah, I thought Tommy won. I definitely thought Tommy won. Tommy did enough jabbing and he did enough in order to in order to take in order. To... I didn't think that anybody was biased or anything. I thought Tommy won. I just don't think that Tommy should be so proud to beat somebody like that. Right. Like yes, you beat a Tommy, you beat, him, but you suck. You you would never be, you won't come close to becoming a world champion with those type of skills, ever. Who who would you actually want to want to fight or call out next? Tommy Ferry. <laughs> but uh, just to show him that he's not good, I want to get to ten rounds before I call out anybody. Once I get to ten rounds, I'm calling out everybody. Everybody's on my list. Literally everybody. I don't care who it is, except for my man Badu. Badu, that's my big brother. He's done a lot for the sport. I can't wait until he retires. I look forward to him retiring and enjoying his retirement because that's my muscle brother. Anybody else can get it, though. What do you think about the upcoming Ryan Garcia versus Gervonta Davis fight? Who do you think is going to win? Ryan Garcia is getting out Not seven to nine rounds. Seven to nine rounds. Okay. You can post that. I could post that today before the fight. Yeah, you can post that today. Before the fight, let's post that and so that way we can see if I'm wrong or not. Seven or nine. It might be, might maybe before. Ryan Garcia's knocked out seven or nine rounds or before. Or before. Okay. Well, right. Ryan's Ryan got quick punches. He's got longer reach. What, what do you think about that? He's he's got some power. He has no footwork. He leaves his chin open. He doesn't punch with his chin down, and also he has no defense. He's just fast. A lot of people can be fast. A lot of people can be strong, power. You have to have, you have, especially with a fighter like Tank, you have to be a 
well-equipped fighter in order to beat him. He's a short fighter. He's a dog. He has very, very well boxing skills. Because he's short, he's going to have to kind of get in with Ryan Garcia and kind of trick him to, to leave his hands down a little bit, throw that overhand left. But he's a great body puncher. He's a big puncher. His punch select is amazing. And he's a thinker. And so you got a complete fighter in, in Tank. He can box when he wants to. He can fight when he wants to. Marcin Kaysen, bro. That, that That's all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Did you enjoy yourself at all? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. We can do this again anytime, inshallah. Oh, my brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Did Did Moses tell you that I that I interviewed him too? That I had him on? No, nah, he didn't tell me. You know, me and Moses. I, I, Moses, man. Moses is such a beautiful person, man. He's coming over my house later. Moses is such a beautiful person. Yeah, he's that's that's my guy right there. But Moses is a beautiful person and. I've had the pleasure of getting to know him, and, and alhamdulillah, I have the pleasure of really calling him my brother, and he's like family. That's that's my brother right there, and I look forward to making sure that we can become successful together because he's a person that I know will also do right with his money and actually give back to the community and make sure that he does. He can, he'll be like me as far as making sure that we can give back. For sure. So Moses is a beautiful he really is. We're talking about Moses the comic, by the way. After he, after yeah. my interview with him, he took me out for dinner and paid for it. He didn't even have to do that. My guy right there. That's my guy. So, yes, I will say Moses the comic, wonderful person, wonderful family. I love his wife. I love his I love his mom, his sisters, his, his brother, man. They are wonderful people. And, you know, I can't thank Allah enough for letting me meet him. Yeah, same, man. Absolutely. Marcin Kaysen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's, it was a pleasure. Any any last things before we hop off? For any young Muslims that's listening, man, do your best to please a lot. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to slip up. You're going to not be a perfect. You're, there's no such thing as a perfect Muslim. That The only perfect Muslim that we can look at passed away almost more than 1,300 years ago or something like that. And so people have to remember that, you know, always pray to Allah and ask for forgiveness. Because remember that uh, a very small percentage of Allah's mercy is on this earth. And you want that mercy that Allah wants, Allah's going to give you on the Yom Al-Qiyam. So strive to be the best person. It's okay to slip up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to keep doing it. But it is okay to make mistakes and, and, and ask for forgiveness. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining the Unsaudi podcast. Marston, thank you for joining. Have a good one. Good. Inshallah, I'll talk to you soon.